Hendricks Regional Health, your health care partner that has been nationally recognized for creating outstanding patient experiences, is proud to present Health Talks with HRH. Here's Melanie Cole. The concept of self-care is simple in theory. However, it's not always as easy to carry out. If you're someone who takes care of many different people, you may neglect your own care, and that's so important for you to be able to take good care of those that you love. My guest today is Dr. April Johnson. She's an internist and pediatrician with Hendricks Regional Health. Welcome to the show, Dr. Johnson. So what is self-care? What does it encompass? Thanks, Melanie. Self-care encompasses a lot of things. It can be as simple as just the language that you use to talk to yourself, to habits that we use to encourage health for ourselves, not just for short-term, but long-term. So some people say, oh, well, I'll, I'll, get, to, I'll get to my own health care as soon as I'm done here. They, they feel selfish in a way. Is this something that you've heard before? And what do you tell people about that? feeling that you can't feel selfish because you have to take care of yourself. Absolutely. Uh, We hear this a lot and very common in uh, women, particularly who are caring for their uh, families and putting their needs before their own. Uh, There's a teaching from Buddha that says, if your compassion does not include yourself, it is incomplete. We are very good at giving to others, but there comes a point where when our own health be it mental or physical, deteriorates, now we're just adding to the problem. So it's important for us to keep our own needs in check while we are caring for others. That's a wonderful quote. And, you know, as women, certainly, we're the caregivers of society. And when it comes to things like heart disease, we we pass off symptoms. We think, oh, it's stress. I'm so busy. I'm running around. All of these things. So let's start with some of your best advice about what you think we should be doing when we get those little nagging, you know, it's something's not right. What do you want women to do? Well, I think it's important as we keep this in mind that the things that I advise people for caring for themselves are well studied for benefits for our mental health, as well as for our cardiovascular health. So we're not asking you to do something different to take care of yourself from a standpoint of decreasing your risk of depression as we would do to decrease your risk for heart disease or diabetes. It's all the same recommendations. Isn't that great news? You don't have to keep track of more than one thing. But um, the short version is we have to honor our bodies and our minds, and that's key with nutrition and with exercise with sleep and with uh, just taking some breaks to stop and breathe. So let's start with exercise and nutrition. People don't always know what to do or really how that even fits into the picture of self-care. Absolutely. Um, Exercise, we have been recommended by the American Heart Association to get 150 minutes of exercise a week to improve cardiovascular health. But really in the last five to 10 years, there's been great research on the mental health benefits of exercise. People who exercise routinely have sharper memories, stronger resilience to stress, that sounds good for our busy moms, um, and helps us release our natural body endorphins, which helps us feel good. We have studies that show that we get those benefits with as short as 10-minute intervals of cardiovascular exercise. So ideally more than that, but if you're strapped for time and trying to figure out where to squeeze something in, going for a brisk walk for 10 minutes will absolutely do you you some good. And what about nutrition? Because we, you know, when you're feeling depressed, when you're feeling upset, you look to comfort foods, which 
can actually have the opposite effect. You are quite right, Melanie. Um, There is a huge impact in what we put into our bodies and how it affects our health. If you're able to make one small change to your eating habits, maybe that's drinking water instead of soda or having an apple instead of a cookie, um, we know that that is going to improve your uh, mood and improve your health. We associate the brain chemical serotonin with um, depression and anxiety if there's not enough of it, and we think of that as a brain chemical. In reality, 90% of serotonin is produced in our intestines, and that ramps up when we are eating nutritious food that's full of fiber. The studies very simply show us that if you eat healthier today, you will have more serotonin and feel better tomorrow. That's absolutely true. And and what about our negative self-talk? We mentioned this at the beginning. And women, we look and we say, oh, I'm so fat or, wow, I look terrible today or my hair. We, we negative self-talk ourselves into depression and feelings of anxiety. How can we stop doing that? Very simply, we have to treat ourselves like you would treat your own best friend. If you listen to your self-talk and your arguing with yourself or beating yourself up because you skipped four workouts in a row or angry because you couldn't get out of bed too late and you're constantly insulting yourself, um, you wouldn't treat your best friend that way or you wouldn't have that best friend very long if you did. It's important for us to be nice to ourselves, to give compliments to ourselves. When I come across something that I struggle with, um, I try to phase it or excuse me, to phrase it in a positive way. And I say, you know, I have lots of skills. There are many things that I'm good at, but um, cooking turkey on Thanksgiving is not my strong suit. So really we have to kind of realistically talk to ourselves and not insult. I like that you say that. That's so, so important. What about other things like yoga, stress release, meditation, massage? Where do those fit into this picture of self-care? Yeah, I would like to touch briefly on the importance of sleep with self-care. Certainly, we know many busy people that sacrifice sleep in order to keep up with all of their demands. And sleep is our body's built-in detoxification system for our brains. And our brains work very hard for us. If you think about just your average day and the amount of information that we're asking our brains to process, be that through school or work or just getting kids around and caring for others, There's an immense amount of information that's going on up there. The best way for our brains to recover, for our bodies to really kind of just do a good housekeeping of our brain systems is good restorative sleep. And what's recommended is seven and a half to eight hours of sleep at night. And the studies that have been done to compare those getting good sleep versus not, the people that get great sleep have better memory, they have increased creativity, they have healthier body weight, they have increased stress resilience. So that sleep is really important, and we want to encourage people not to shortchange themselves there. It is, and we're learning more and more about sleep and its relationship to diabetes and obesity and stress. So that's a really great point. And just back for a minute about yoga, meditation. Mm-hmm. Do you think these things really do help? I do think these things help. And Uh, The biggest reason I see for that is that we tend to, in our fast-paced lives, kind of do everything at about 90 miles per hour. So for many of us, we spend all day going full speed through our days, full of stress, and then, boom, we turn ourselves off to try to get a little bit of sleep at night. 
we get up the next morning and we do the same thing again. And practices like yoga, practices like meditation, or even prayer allow us to have these pauses in our day where we slow down our heart rate, where we slow down our brain processes, and just let things calm a bit. And I think that's an important piece in learning self-regulation of your own kind of speed and emotion and stress response, and that really helps us deal better with stresses at other times in our day. So wrap it up. What you would like women and men to know about the importance of self-care and why we have to put our own masks on before we take care and put the other masks of our loved ones on, or we won't be able to care for those we love. Thanks, Melanie. I do think that it's very important for us to know that we cannot take care of those around us if we don't take care of ourselves. We have to pause and know that if we're going to be Uh, participating in other people's health, we have to be role models by taking care of our own health. And that means that we have to provide the basics for ourselves. And that includes our very positive self-talk to our own person. That includes eating well, exercising, getting good sleep, and taking some breaks just to stop and breathe and slow down. Thank you so much, Dr. Johnson, for being with us today. This is Health Talks with HRH, Hendricks Regional Health, For more information, please visit Hendricks.org. That's Hendricks.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.